We are going to be talking about, specifically, about your marriage and your marriage as a foundation. Um, and so, hold on, open the iPad here. Um, so, you can see, as like we try to illustrate, that it is really easy, right, when we're in a, a situation with our spouse to step towards one another and take a step back. And that's such a, an interesting way of thinking about it to me, you know, how when conflict arises and I'm hurt or uh, confused, it's so easy to take a step back, though, isn't it? And then if you keep taking steps back, eventually the gulf between you and your spouse can be pretty, pretty wide. And so I think that's just a great way for us to think about it. Um, we talked last week about this idea of family unity and that's kind of what this whole series is on for the next, this is the second week, and we have two more after this. But in talking about being unified, why? Why do we want family unity? Um, and, and a part of that is, is really there's a picture. We are, our marriages are supposed to be a picture of Christ's love for the church, right? It's supposed to be that, that view of our marriage, of how, how Christ sacrificed and gave himself up for the church and so to glorify God and enjoy him is, is kind of our individual goal, but it should be a picture of our marriage as well, right? To glorify God is that kind of that ultimate picture of what we're going after. And when people look into our mar- marriage and into our family system, if it's a hot mess, then they start to go, hey, is, this, is, is Christianity something that I really want? Is that, is that, is that a place I want to go uh, am I interested in that when, when we can't get our own act together within our own families? And so, you know, for us, the goal is to be a missional family, right? So we, if, you, if you're a healthy person, then you, you have a better chance, right, of having a, a healthy marriage. And if you have a healthy marriage, you have a better chance of being healthy in your parenting. And if you have healthy parenting, then you have a, a better chance, right, of being a missional family and focusing on God's kingdom. And so we're going to kind of go to kind of an interesting place scripturally. In 1 Corinthians 7, um, Paul has a lot to say about marriage and, and singleness, really. And, and th- this passage in particular is kind of interesting. Well, he's talking about singleness. And I've always, actually, almost every time I've taught on this passage, you, you, you think about elevating singleness. And Paul definitely does that in 1 Corinthians 7. He says it's great to be single the way that, that he is, and that it's a, it's a good thing. I do think the church has a ways to go in that. I don't think we think singleness is a great thing or elevate it much within the church, but Paul definitely does, and yet he also brings something in here about marriage. And so let's, let's look at this passage together. 1 Corinthians 7, starting in verse 32, Paul says, I want you to be free from anxieties. The unmarried man is anxious about the things of the Lord— how to please the Lord, but the married man is anxious about worldly things, how to please his wife, and his interests are divided. The unmarried or betrothed woman is anxious about the things of the Lord, how to be holy in body and spirit, but the married woman is anxious about worldly things, how to please her husband. I say this for your own benefit, not to lay any restraint upon you, but to promote good order and to secure your undivided devotion to the Lord." Now, again, I've almost always seen and looked at this in the context of singleness, because what he's saying here in the context of singleness, right? If this is, you know, I've got a little family system here, two kids, husband and wife, and 
if you are a single man, all right, or a single woman, if, if you are singularly focused on the kingdom, right? So that is, I'm a single person, and it says, you know what? The main thing I have to worry about, if it's just me in this world, is going after what God wants. That's my goal. And that's what he's saying, right? So, and he says that if the woman is, you know, likewise, if she's single, she can focus on the Lord and on kingdom values and kingdom focus and moving in that direction. And yet, he says, but when you get married, and that's the admonition, he says, the husband, you start worrying about, you have anxieties, you're worried about what your wife's needs are. And, and it's, it's messy, right? Relationships are hard. It's one of the most sanctifying things that exists is when you get married, right? That's the first one where you realize how selfish you are and how much you need uh, as God is working in you to sanctify you. And then it says the, the wife, though, starts to then worry about what her husband and meeting her husband's needs and, and so on. And so right away, there, there's a focus here. But what's so interesting about the end of this passage, I've never noticed it before, is at the end of verse 35, he says, I say this for your own benefit, not to lay any restraint upon you. Okay, he's not saying you can't get married. In fact, he makes that obvious in all of 1 Corinthians 7, that marriage is a good thing. And you, by all means, you can get married. But he says, I say this not to put restraint upon you, but to promote good order and to secure your undivided devotion to the Lord. What he's doing is he's trying to remind the husband and wife, hey, when you get married, you want to go that way, then you're both still supposed to be pursuing the Lord. Like, you're, yes, you're married, and your temptation is going to be to just focus on each other. But really, your whole goal is to be kind of going in the same direction, right? Your whole goal is to be working together for kingdom purposes, all right? And so we can, I think we can understand that as a, as a godly married couple, right? Assuming, of course, we're all godly married couples in here. And we're going in the same direction. We're pursuing God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Now, if this is difficult because we start focusing on each other, and especially if things are rocky between us, right, and this can be difficult, imagine you throw a couple of teenagers in here who have their own agenda, okay? What, how does our focus change, you know, when you start getting in here and everything now can be focused on infighting and can be focused on the needs of everybody in our family and running around. And this can be happening so much within our family system that there is no thought really even of kingdom focus, right? Because if this is what's going on at home and we're not unified and we're not going in, we're not all rowing in the same direction, it's not going to happen, okay? I was, uh, was camping recently and uh, at, at the place we were camping they had the the sculling team was out and it was amazing to watch the guy with the bullhorn you know and everybody's rowing and they're all going in the same direction and and it's pretty beautiful to watch as they're doing that but you can imagine if if we're not rowing in the same direction if half of you are going in the opposite direction that it it doesn't work right uh, we went camping as a as a family to someone's well we went to someone's lake house and they had one of those kayaks and I remember getting in the kayak with my kids, and, you know, I only had a paddle at first, and that was kind of hard to steer when just one of you is working to go in one direction, right? That can be difficult. But then when my kids got paddles, and there were two of them in there, boy, trying to get that thing going in one direction was not easy, because they're going in their own, they're doing their own thing, and I'm trying to adjust, and, they're, and that's what parenting is like for us, right? We're constantly 
adjusting to what's happening. And so this passage is saying singular, a singularity of purpose is what God wants from us, is that we are pursuing God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. We are enjoying Him. And as a family, think about the power of that. How powerful in the hand of God if we have an entire family that is working together, focused on moving in that same direction. So this ideal image, again, would be that it is, it is us as a family. If everybody here, especially if the parents start out and say, hey, you know what? You know who we are as a family? We are all going this direction. We're going in one direction, and it's towards the kingdom. And then the kids, when they get on board with that, and they start to go in the same direction, if everybody's focused on pursuing the Lord, and we're all moving towards the kingdom, that can be a powerful tool in the hands of God. And so this is like the ultimate, right? The ultimate way that it's supposed to be. But sometimes we have the systems, and because we're, we're, we're sinful, we're broken, uh, these can look very different. I got a call several years ago from a mom, and she wanted us to intervene with her daughter. And the more I talked to her, though, on the phone, it was obvious that it was not a, okay, we're all kind of in concert, us against the world, right? Us moving in to invade the world for kingdom purposes. But rather, she said, uh, my husband and my 18-year-old daughter, 17-year-old daughter keep ganging up on me. Like, they were not at all united. The husband kind of thought she was a little bit off her rocker, and the daughter did too. And so it was like daughter and husband versus mom. And it was very sad because I could tell right away, you know, I could say, well, you know, we can put some people around your daughter. We can do some things, but you guys need family counseling like as a whole. Uh, this is not an easy situation because this was years and years, right, of, of this gulf forming between husband and wife. And what happens? The daughter is a teenager. She wants her own way. And it's not, it can be on purpose, but often they just, they'll see a crack in that unity and they will just jump right in there. And divide you and take advantage of it. And that's what was happening in this situation. Um, I remember when Cammie and I first got married, even in, in her family system, which was broken by divorce and had all kinds of issues, and when we would go visit, there was a clear thing that we noticed that it was like all the women against the men in her family. Like, it was really bizarre. Like, it was kind of like when they would get together, the women were smart and uh, they wanted to be together, and they had, all, they had all going on, and the guys were like, we were there to move things around when they wanted something moved, and other than that, kind of go away. And it, we kind of broke into the system, because Cam was like, I actually like my husband being with me. I actually enjoy his company, and the, the, other, the other women in the family were like, this doesn't, this doesn't work, because it was kind of, I mean, her own brother, everybody was kind of pushed aside, and it was so bizarre to me to see this division. Um, it can often be even one parent and children versus the other parent. Um, you're in a system like this, and you need to be careful if you find yourself saying to the kids, hey, we're not going to tell your father about this. Okay? Like, let's just keep this between us. Um, you know, when you have these systems where it's very easy to, you know, you're, you're, it's you and the kids versus the other, the other spouse, whoever that is, and say, we, don't, we, don't want, we want them out of the loop here, okay? When you're getting into a system like that, it's not unified. There's not a foundation of the parents being, you know, together as you move forward. Um, and sometimes it even ends up 
Maybe it's us versus them, but it's the parents are united and the kids, you know, are having issues. And sometimes you will default to that, right? That's a better position, though, even. You can recover from that and maybe end up here. Again, if you're pursuing the Lord in what you're doing, you can still end up, you know, moving towards this. But sometimes, yeah, for the sake of just being unified and and kind of dealing with the problems that are happening in your own family, you might have to, to go there uh, for a period of time. So what are the healthy benefits, you know, that, that a marriage, a strong marriage can bring to the foundation of the family? You know, what are some things that you gain from that? Um, one thing is energy, okay? And, and, and that may be a weird thing to start with, to say energy, but if, if God is meeting your needs and your spouse's needs and you're unified and you're together, then you have energy to parent your kids, right? You have energy to face, help them with their struggles and things like that. But I find that if Cammie and I are, you know, if we're going at it all the time and we're fighting and we're taking all those steps away, then when, when trouble hits, again, what I had drawn up there before where we're all focused on each other's mess and stuff, we, we don't have the energy to engage with the kids. Um, I mean, it's, I don't know if you experienced this. I have four kids, and so I feel like my youngest kids get away with whatever they want. I mean, it's already, I'm so tired compared to, I mean, Tirza, our youngest, when she would, I remember one time, I think I smacked her hand when she would grab the remote control. You know, like, we would be like, you don't touch the remote control. Like, my, I, would, I couldn't care less about the remote control now. You know, like, it is so far removed from me that that was a big deal to me once upon a time. I'm just going to give the keys to my son Zane when he's like 11 to the car and just say, please don't bother, you know, don't bother me. I'm already tired, but if we're having this conflict, I don't have the energy to parent well, and I don't have the energy for kingdom focus either if we are disruptive in our own relationship. Um, there's a solidarity that we have to offer our kids when, when, when we're unified, when we're together, right? When we're going in the same direction towards kingdom purposes and we have this solidarity and we're unified and we're, and we're rowing in the same direction, there's a comfort that even that brings to our kids. They feel, oh, they feel secure in the family system because mom and dad are on the same page. If mom and dad are fighting all the time, you know, that, that breeds that insecurity and it, it doesn't work in the same way. Um, when they see us deal with conflict and have a trusting, loving relationship and an attitude that where they constantly see us stepping towards each other. Now, I don't want to say, and, and a little caveat here, it doesn't mean you don't ever have conflict in front of your kids. Because think about it, if you never fight in front of your kids or have disagreements, how do they know how to resolve conflict in a godly Christian way? You know, sometimes they're going to see that. I mean, my own parents, this is one of the things that was so confusing to me growing up. They were really against ever showing, you know, not a united front, but they went to such an extreme that they would go to their bedroom at night and fight, you know, and I didn't even know that was happening. Like, I I grew up thinking, my parents have never had a fight, period, you know, and it wasn't until I was in my 20s that they would be like, oh yeah, when that happened, we went upstairs and, you know, and we, and I was like, I never got to see that. I never saw you resolve these things. And so, you know, we want to make sure that we model that for our kids as well. So we can offer them, you know, so if we're united, we have energy. If we're united, we have solidarity. And then we're also an example, though. Think of the example that you are. Your kids are taking their cues on how to be a godly man and a godly woman 
primarily from their parents. And then they take their cues on how to be a husband, right? The man takes that cue from his dad. That's the main billboard for being a dad in their life, is they're getting it from their dad. And so you're learning how to treat your spouse from your parents, but likewise, you're learning how to be treated from your parents, okay? So as we're united and we're moving towards, again, the same goal of glorifying God, our, our kids are watching us. And again, more things are caught than taught. It's not necessarily what we're saying to them and instructing them all the time. So often, it is what they're watching play out. You know, if, um, and I've said this in Parent You many times, you know, like if you're having family devotions and you're sitting your kids down on the couch and you're going through something and you're doing that regularly, I think that's fantastic if that's what you're doing. But if you're doing that and then you're arguing and you're dismissing your spouse and you're uh, backbiting and you're undermining each other all the time and, you know, or you're selfish and you're completely, they're getting way more from that. Like you're, you're actually making the situation worse by saying, hey, this is who we are. This is the Bible. This is what's good. And then your, your, ortho, your orthopraxy doesn't match your orthodoxy, right? You're actually, so they're, they're watching you. They're watching what we're doing. And it's so important that we are unified towards this goal of, of bringing glory to God. And when we're going in the same direction, that example that we are to them is key. So what are some barriers to this? Um, barriers to a healthy marriage. One thing, and, and a lot of this is just common sense when you think about it, but our past, right? Our past can be a huge barrier for us. Um, again, if we're taking cues from our family system, we all have broken family systems that we come from, right? A lot of us, some of us, uh, some of you may come from divorce situations. Some of you may come from even abusive situations where maybe you had a parent who was verbally abusive or physically abusive. And that can really mess with, you know, the way you view the world and even the way you view marriage. Some of us, maybe you grew up without a mom or a dad. Um, all of those different things can leave holes in our education, right? And the way we're wired, we have a hardwiring with our personality and stuff, but then we have what we learned growing up. And so, obviously, our past can be a barrier for us to a healthy marriage. Um, then our health can be a barrier. Uh, I have seen so many people um, that I've interacted with who maybe one of, the, uh, one of the two of the couple has maybe a mental illness or some kind of, you know, right now with uh, bipolar issues and depression and anxiety, and there's so many, a plethora of issues, right, that probably are represented in a lot of family systems, because it's just so prevalent now. And so how does that enter into the situation? As you're trying to have this unity and solidarity, you know, these physical issues can be uh, very prominent and, and can be a huge barrier for us moving forward. Um, sometimes it's a, an illness, a chronic illness that keeps going on that, that that inhibits this. So, you know, if, if you're dealing with areas of your past or you're dealing with areas, especially concerning mental health, you know, seeking counseling is a huge part of trying to heal from some of that uh, if those are barriers that are, that are keeping you from being healthy right now. But the last thing, and this is the, the, the main place on campus, the biggest barrier that I have to unity as a couple 
uh, that Cammie and I deal with is our own sin, right? That is the biggest barrier that most of us are dealing with. The biggest thing that gets in the way is me. You know, I have my own agenda. I have my own desires, and it goes all the way back. You know, we can continue to always, Genesis is so helpful in looking at this, but in Genesis 3, uh, this is when um, God is talking about the punishment for the sin of Adam and Eve, and he says to Eve, I will surely multiply your pain in childbearing. In pain you shall bring forth children, and your desire shall be contrary to your husband, and he shall rule over you. Your desire shall be contrary to your husband, and he shall rule over you. Right out of the gate, right from the beginning, he says the marriage system is now difficult. What God did not mean to be difficult is now going to be hard because sin enters into the marriage. And that is going to constantly work against us and against our unity within that family system. Um, And so usually my own selfishness gets in the way. I'm focused on me. I can ignore my family needs because I'm tired. I can ignore my family's needs because I want tranquility, right? I think about that idol in my own life. When I get home sometimes and I'm tired from the end of the day, I just want everybody to get along. And sometimes I'm not at all focused on what's right or true or how to parent well. I just want it to be peaceful and quiet. And I'm quick to try to solve a problem. Well, I don't care who's wrong, you know, and and just throw things out there because my idol of tranquility gets in the way. I can want to medicate myself through distraction and disengagement. And I'm speaking specifically for men. I think this is a huge thing. We want to be distracted or we want to disengage. And that's so easy to do. Um, I might want to have screen time. Hey, no, I'm going to play on a video game or I'm going to watch this show or this football game's on. Everybody leave me alone, you know. I've even found that for me the treadmill is, which I know it's hard to believe that I do get on the treadmill, but I do. I actually exercise regularly. But when I'm on the treadmill, I don't want to be disturbed. It's like, that's me time. You know, and I'm watching a show, and when my kids come down to ask me anything, I'm going to feel like I'm just like, rah, you know, I'm, I'm on the treadmill, leave me alone. Not right now. This is me time. I don't even realize I'm doing it until they leave, you know, in, in tears or with the quivering lip, you know, and I'm thinking, what, what is wrong with me? Um, maybe going golfing or fishing or just being away, maybe workaholic, maybe success um, is the medication that I want because I don't feel successful at home, so I, I go and spend all my time at work. Um, maybe, maybe that's what's driving me. Maybe exercise can even be an idol, right? It can be a, a form of self-medication. Maybe I'm not home with my wife spending time on that because I'd rather be at the gym for two hours. Um, any one of these things, and these, exercise is a good thing. Work is a good thing. Um, there's nothing wrong with entertainment and moderation, right? All of these things are good things, but they can, they can distract us and keep us from focusing on that relationship the way that we need to. So, how do we promote a healthy marriage? Um, obviously, this isn't a marriage seminar. We could talk forever just on the ideas of, that we went through last week. You know, the, the idea that the, the wife is supposed to respect her husband and the husband is supposed to give himself up for his wife. We could spend weeks unpacking that, of just that concept, right, of how we're supposed to do that. And there's so many books and different things out there about working on your marriage. But I want to go back to the Colossians 3 passage that we, we read last week because it, it really gives us the key to this. Um, so in Colossians 3, 
pretty much almost the whole, the whole chapter, but starting in verse 5, he says, put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. All right, and then he says a few verses down, having put off the old self with, with, with its practices and having put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge after the image of the creator, of its creator. He says, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, bearing with one another. If you have a complaint, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another with all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And then again, he goes right into wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting with the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. He goes right into the child's relationships. This is the key, right? The key is, on a regular basis, I have to put off my old self. I have to actively pursue the Lord. I have to saturate myself with his word. I have to go to him on a regular basis and say, I can't do this on my own. I am failing. I am selfish. I will not give myself up for my wife if it's left up to me. And I have to constantly go to him, put off the old self and put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of God. And you and I can only do this through the power of Christ. Right? We can only do this when we're submitted to him and we're allowing him to work through us because there's a lot at stake, right? Our kids, our, our family system, to be unified, going in the same direction, pursuing God, that's what we want to see happen. And we can only do that through the power of Jesus working in us, right? Uh, let me pray, and Cammie's going to come up. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your design uh, of a family, that as you put us in families, and Lord, we, some of us have broken systems that we come from, and maybe we're in a broken system now. And Lord, the thing is, that doesn't intimidate you. You're not, um, you're not put off by our broken mess. In fact, you came to redeem our mess. That is the gospel, Lord, that you love us and you move into our mess, and you turn it into something beautiful. And so we pray, God, that you would be at work in each one of us, that you would help us to die to ourselves, which we can only do through the power of Christ working through us, and that we can see that take place so that our marriages and our families would be glorifying to you. All this we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Is this on? Hello, hello? Oh, there we go. Okay. Um, okay, so Jeff always does a great job of pointing us to Scripture and telling us how it ought to be. And then I always want to get up here and tell you guys how it really is at our house so you don't think that, that it actually is that easy. Um, I, I, was, I was looking at his illustration, and I, and I wanted to do this because I'm like, okay, this is the goal, right? Like, we're all going towards Christ and we all are trying to pursue him. And lots of times the reality for me is I feel like I'm doing this. 
I'm like Jonah, and I'm like, okay, yeah, God's will is, I, I know I should want to be there, um, but if I'm honest, I don't naturally want to be united with Jeff. I want my way, and when we disagree, I don't want to take a step towards him. I don't want to humble myself or set aside my will. I want to manipulate, I want to bully, or I want to withdraw. That's just the truth of it. Um, Unity is hard because it requires me to focus not on my will. And this whole idea of taking steps towards each other and being missional is truly foreign and actually impossible in my own strength. Um, Because if I'm honest, I don't care about glorifying God naturally. I mean, I, I want to care about glorifying God. I, I know I should care about glorifying God, but my own will is so strong, and I want what I want, and I struggle. And I, I don't know how non-Christians do it without the Holy Spirit. Um, I continually feel the Holy Spirit put his hand over my mouth and go, no, or nudge me towards Jeff when I want to run away. Um, I feel the Holy Spirit drawing me towards glorifying him and giving me a desire for that when my natural desire is for me and my will. I can't be united with my husband, and I can't be a parent to my kids the way that I want to be and I need to be without Christ in every moment. Um, I need his salvation, not only eternally, but daily. And I need the power of the Holy Spirit to, to guide and direct me um, in every moment. So I think this whole idea of unity, I mean, Jeff and I have talked a lot about it. And, and I think the whole idea of unity is one that it's easy to not think about. You don't realize, I mean, the point of my illustration is you don't realize those little steps you take away from each other sometimes. And you have to so intentionally take those steps towards each other. And the Holy Spirit is so good about that in our marriage of going, you did that wrong, Cammy. You need to go say you're sorry. You know, I just feel like he's so faithful to do that. But there is that piece of us pursuing the Lord. Um, There's that piece of pursuing the Lord daily and recognizing we need him. And so we want this to be a safe place for that. One of our goals of Parent You is that we can talk amongst ourselves and we can find community here because I do think that in this season of life of having teenagers, it is so easy to be isolated. Does anybody else feel that way? Like to feel alone? So I want to give you guys, we have a little bit of extra time as we're wrapping up. And I want to give you guys like 10 or 15 minutes to just talk in your tables about what of this resonated with you. What was really hard? Or maybe it was something that you'd never thought about before. Um, We want you guys to introduce yourself to your table. We want you to know each other. Perimeter is a very big place and it's very easy to get lost. And this is a safe place where you can come and be known. So those of you that are not at tables, you can either circle up or you can come join tables. If we um, aren't up here talking, then maybe you're not afraid to get the seats in the front. <laughs> um, but we're, when you're done at your tables, you're dismissed, right? Or did you have any other announcements?
Okay, so, um, and we just thank y'all for coming. We'll be here again next week, and we'll talk more about unity in parenting teens specifically because we've kind of covered the foundation of it. So, thanks, guys.